Well, hey, welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. Hey, we're always inspired to hear how God is using this ministry from right here in Winchester, Virginia to change lives all around the world. And if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at amen at myoasischurch.org. Now, if you'd like to support this ministry financially so that we can continue to bring messages just like this one to you each and every single week, you can do so at myoasischurch.org slash give. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're truly making a difference. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. Well, today I'm really excited because I'm not preaching. <laughs> I got the week off, and uh, actually, Kyle Simpson, our young adult pastor, give it up for Kyle. He'll be speaking this morning. Kyle, Amy, and his family uh, visited Oasis on day number one, right? Day number one, and um, I, I have a picture on my phone, but I wasn't able to get it to them. But it was like the very next week, they were at the Next Steps area signing up to, to get involved, and somehow we caught a picture of that, so that's really awesome. But Kyle and his family have been with us for uh, a long time. Kyle served as our youth pastor for quite some time and, and now as our young adult pastor. And today I'm excited because for the first time he's preaching at Oasis. So will you help me welcome Pastor Kyle Simpson to the stage. start, I just want to talk about the elephant in the room, alright? Because I know exactly what you're thinking, because I am thinking the same thing. You're looking at me, and you're like, you are not supposed to be there. Because I know I'm not supposed to be here. There we go. Oh, wow, that's really loud. Okay. Let's try that again. So I know what you're thinking. You are not supposed to be there. And I'm thinking the same thing, because, you know, I remember one day, bunch of us were packing up, and Pastor Jonathan's talking, he's like, you know, uh, we got uh, Pastor Dwayne, he's going to speak, and then, you know, uh, Pastor Jonathan Holland, he's going to speak for us, and maybe we'll get Kyle to speak, and I was just like, eh. So, word of advice, if Pastor Jonathan ever looks at you and says something like, hey, you want to be involved in kids' ministry? Stop, freeze, don't move, don't make eye contact, and slowly back away. Because next thing you know, I'll be like, hey, I'm surrounded by all these kids. How did this happen? Unless you're into that. If that's okay, hey, come talk to us. We'd love to have you. It's part of the kids' ministry. <laughs> but let's go a little deeper than that. Because I'm actually like not supposed to be here. In fact, I'm supposed to be back in this little town of Brockville, Ontario, Canada. You know, playing the bass, helping out with church, doing my thing. You know, background kind of stuff. I mean, I know I tend to bounce a little bit back there and stuff, but, you know, I tend to be in the background doing what I do, and, you know, I'm supposed to be working, eventually retiring there, you know, doing what I do in, in Canada, and instead I'm here. Well, it's kind of a miracle that I'm here, because there's a lot of different things that made it so that I came here to Winchester, of all places, because for me, Winchester is where you go through to go on vacation further south. <laughs> and, no, I'm sorry for those who grew up here, but that's how we always looked at it. My apologies. 
There we go. I know, I know, sorry. <laughs> so, but this funny thing happened a few years back in May 2017. They get to, at the work, place I work at, they gathered everyone in for a big announcement. And I was like, oh, everybody? Yep, everybody. Like, oh, this isn't encouraging. Okay. And they made the big announcement. They're shutting down the factory and moving everything to West Virginia. Oh. Well, that's not good. I mean, uh, you, I mean, you heard my plan. I'm supposed to keep working in Brockville, retire, you know, take vacations in the U.S., you know, when it's cold in Canada and head further south where it's warm. But... That's what my plan was. But God had other plans. And I wasn't originally thinking this is where I was going to come, but God had that in his plan. And he worked out the miracle. I know, now I know shutting down a factory does not sound like a miracle. That sounds kind of depressing, actually. But the opportunities that the company offered, there was a factory an hour and a half away so people could go there. They were working with the community to try to find other jobs for people. So they did, I got to give them credit, they did a really good job of making sure we were taken care of, even though what we were doing was going to be ending soon. But here I am. And actually, even a little more detail to the miracle, the family was looking for a church to be a part of. And somehow... Amy came in contact with a person through her work that told us about Oasis Church. And, you know, saying how wonderful it was, how great the people were, how friendly they were. And the funniest thing about it, uh, this, this lady doesn't even come here. Has never been here. And she's telling about Oasis Church. And a couple weeks ago, we're talking to Pastor Jonathan and Marjorie, and they're like, telling the story. They're like, wait a minute, you're the couple she told us about. And she doesn't even come. And yet... Here I am. It's really weird. Really weird. I did not expect to be here. I did not expect to be standing in front of you talking. But that's what God does. He performs miracles in the circumstances that we're in. Which is what the title of our message is today. What's your miracle? What's your miracle? And if you have your Bibles, our main passage is John chapter 14. John 14 give you a moment to get there. Verse 12 to 14. And this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. The works I have been doing and even greater things. Because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you again for the opportunity to be here and to worship you. And we just pray right now that you would just speak to us, prepare our hearts for what you have, and may your message move us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, with that in mind, the story that God's going to do greater things through us leads us to our first point that we need to be ready for a miracle be ready for a miracle 
In Mark chapter 5, verse 27 to 29, we're talking about the lady who had issues with blood. So she was bleeding and she could not be healed. Had it for years. Can we tell us, hear the story here where it talks about, starting in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Just the touching of his cloak as she was free. And of course, if you read, the, read further in the passage, you hear Jesus like, hey, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples are like, um, have you looked around? Like, uh, there's a crowd here. They are, could have been any of them. We're kind of like in the middle of this mosh pit where people are bumping against us and stuff. Everyone's touching you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Someone touched me because I felt power leave me. And she, the lady was like, it was me. All embarrassed, like, you know, kind of probably worried about what he was going to say. It was me. And you know what his response was? He said to her, this is in verse, verse 34, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Your faith has healed you. The woman in the crowd came to Jesus with expectation. She had faith that if she could just get close enough to touch his clothes, she would be healed. Expectation. How often do we come into church like that? Come up with expectation that something big, something powerful is going to happen here today. And I understand, like, we all face different circumstances. We all have different things in our life that distract us and pull us down. But we need to come here today to God with expectation that he is going to perform a miracle and he's going to do great things. I mean, he said we would do greater things. Greater things. How is that possible? I mean, last time I checked, I am not Jesus. And I think last time I checked, you're not Jesus either. But here's the thing. Jesus, when he was performing his miracles, it was all in a small little area. And he was doing great and wonderful things. And then it spread. Because he talked about, he gave us this great commission, go into all the world and make disciples of all people. This has spread from Israel to the world. And God is doing great things in all the world, not just in one area. And this is the other thing, the other point we lead into. Don't doubt your miracle. Don't doubt your miracle. Matthew 14, verse 29 to 31 it's the story of Jesus walking on the water, and Peter sees him. You know, the, the waves are crashing all around. Their disciples are kind of freaking out. And there Peter goes, look, it's Jesus. And he calls out to him and says, if, Jesus, if that's you, call me out, and I'll meet you. And so Jesus said, come. And then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Here's the thing. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You a little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? See, Peter was in the middle of a miracle. He had already seen that Jesus was out there, saw he was walking on the water, and made that leap of faith to step out on the water with him. And everything was good until suddenly he started looking around. 
And he's like, oh, look at that wave. That's a big wave. I don't have my surfboard. I don't have my little rubber dinghy. This is not going to end well. In the middle of a miracle, and he doubted. And it's easy to be skeptical. It's easy to look at our past, our choices that we've made, and think, come up with excuses of why God wouldn't use us, why God wouldn't perform a miracle through us, or why our lives aren't showing miracles. Be like, you know, I've made this choice in life. I made that choice in life. I came from this area. There's all these excuses we can come up with. But here's the thing. To God, it does not matter. It doesn't matter where you're from, who your family is, the choices that you've made, the mistakes you've made. God will use you. It doesn't matter how much you've succeeded, how much you've failed. He's going to use you. And I'm going to take a wild guess here and say that he already has. And maybe you don't even realize it. Maybe, maybe you were part of a miracle and you didn't know it. Sometimes we think our miracle isn't big enough. Sometimes we aren't like, hey, I didn't heal someone. I didn't raise someone from the dead. Actually, has anyone done that? No? Well, that would have been a really cool story to hear. But no. But we tend to compare. We tend to like think, well, you know, okay, my story isn't big. I, I didn't do that. You know, and we start to doubt our own miracles. But for some, for some of you, maybe getting out of bed this morning was your miracle. Some of you, maybe you're fighting anxiety, depression, the circumstances of your life, and you've been pushing and struggling to get through. And yet, here you are. Here you are. That is a miracle. As small as you may think it is, it's a miracle. The struggles that you're going through and persevering through, if you trust in Jesus, he will help you and he will perform that miracle in your life. I mean, maybe, maybe your miracle is that on a Saturday afternoon, pushing your cart through Walmart, you didn't run someone over because there's people crowding around, pushing and shoving, discussing, arguing, making friends all in front of you, you know, talking about you know, the great value soup here. I saved 10 cents, but I don't know. I like Campbell's too, but 10 cents, and all you want to do is get that small jar of Jif peanut butter. That was all you were sent for. And they're in your way. And you want to just... But you hold back. Miracle. Ever had a time when you're like... When you think about it, you're like, if I'd have left 10 minutes sooner, I'd have been involved in this accident I heard about. It's a miracle. As small as you might think it is, it's a miracle. If I hadn't got lost, I wouldn't have met this crazy weird stranger that we ended up becoming best buddies, and now we do everything together. Miracle. God uses these wonderful weird circumstances to create little miracles in our life. If I hadn't gone to church one night, at a church I'd never gone to with my friend Doug, and went to church and met this 
Doug's cute friend, Amy. Miracle. If I hadn't stepped forward at my home church seeking prayer during an altar call, maybe my daughter's kidney wouldn't have been healed. So Amy was pregnant with our second youngest and went for an ultrasound and got a call. Say, hey, we, the uh, results came back from the ultrasound. Okay, good, good, cool. Um, yeah, there, there was a little bit, uh, there's something there. It's okay. Yeah, the, uh, her kidneys are full of cysts and not functioning. And we're not sure what her chances are. Well, that's, that's not good. So that Sunday, actually, my home church, sometimes I'll have an opportunity to come forward to the altar in the middle of service for people who have prayer requests. And so we did. And we stepped forward, and we were prayed for. That next ultrasound that they scheduled, we went in, and we got the results back. One kidney was perfectly healed. What if we hadn't gone forward? What if? All these what ifs. We tend to overcomplicate things. We take steps that seem simple, and we're like, well, I probably need to do this, I probably need to do that, and we make it into this huge, big, complicated thing, when in reality, it was something that could have been simple. It's like the great hymnist Avril once said, why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? I see you, though, wait, sorry, I won't sing. <laughs> it's easy to lose sight of the miracles that we've seen. It's easy to lose sight of that. Moments that help mold us, moments that help make us who we are. And your story can be something that helps change someone else's life. Which is why, our third point, you need to celebrate your miracle. Celebrate your miracle. Luke 15, verse 32. This is the story of the prodigal son. Probably most of you already know it. Prodigal son was sent, went to his father. He said, hey, I want my inheritance right now because I want my money and I want to go do my thing. I want to find myself. And so his dad gave him the money that he would have gotten for his inheritance. And he went and he did his thing. And that led him to the lowest point ever of his life where he realized that he needed to come back. And do you know what happened when he returned? Verse 32, the father is speaking to his other son, so the prodigal son's brother. His, his other son wasn't too happy about his response, but he said, listen, we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Your story is worth celebrating. The journey you've been on, the trials you've been through, the ups, the downs, where you are today is worth celebrating. That's why the father was celebrating the prodigal son. Celebrating the fact that he was lost, but now is found. I remember a few years back, I was at a local restaurant. A co-worker of ours, it was her last day at work. So everyone was like, hey, let's go out. We'll go and celebrate. 
all right, cool. And the way this place was set up, you had kind of the restaurant side, and you had kind of a more of a bar side. Not too crazy, but, you know, it was set up a little different. So that's where everyone went. And so we're all hanging out there, you know, telling stories, making fun of the person, of course, you know, because we all have embarrassing stories that we can tell, and that's what you're supposed to do when someone's leaving, right? You know, you embarrass them, don't encourage them. No, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we do. I was there enjoying my Pepsi straight up on the rocks, and I'm noticing someone else a little further away that I know from work as well. And I say hi to her, and she ends up joining the group because she know the, knew the uh, lady that was leaving as well, but she had a friend with her. And the friend, I looked and noticed, she had tattoos on her wrist. The one said love, and the other one said death. Oh, that's encouraging. And I don't know what made me do it, but I was like, what's the story? And she told me the story about what her tattoos meant. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember that it was actually a really cool story and had a lot of deep meaning and thought behind it. And I was like, well, that's neat. So now we've got two other people that have joined us. We're all talking. And the miracle that happened is in the middle of a Friday night at a bar, the conversation turned to church. Because we got talking about not only the things that I do at work, but also what I do outside of work and how involved I was with the church. And this friend, she's like, I tried it. I really did, but it just wasn't for me. So I asked her, so, well, what was the church like? I said, well, um, there was an organ, and they were playing these songs that were really kind of slow and quiet, and everything was kind of, I don't know, really quiet. And I looked at her and said, it was boring, wasn't it? Yeah. And I, don't get me wrong. I, I knew immediately it was a traditional service, which works really well for some people and is what they need for their journey with Jesus. But for this lady, it did not work. So I asked her a question. I said, if you had a story about your life and how your life had changed, wouldn't you want to celebrate that? She's like, yeah. Okay, let's go a little further. If you were part of a movement that you knew could change people's lives in dramatic and wonderful ways, wouldn't you be excited? And she's like, yeah. So if you were at church, part of this thing, wouldn't you want this to be a big, huge celebration, celebrating the wonderful work that God does? Yes! And it dawned on her. That's what it should be, a celebration. She went in with this expectation that it should be a celebration, and it wasn't. I don't know where she is right now, but we got a really good opportunity to talk about church and what that could be. And I mean, we're here today, right? Are we celebrating? Are you really celebrating? Celebrating the great things that God is doing. I mean, who changes lives in a way that you can't describe? God. Who starts up a church in the middle of a stinking pandemic? Pastor Jonathan. No, God! I mean, I'm sure you've heard a lot of the miracle stories of how, how this church is here when it really shouldn't be. And yet, it is going because God is doing great things and he's going to continue to do great things. When things seem bleak, when you feel like you've lost all hope, just remember, God's still there. And he's still working. 
and he's still worth celebrating. And I understand what it's like sometimes when things seem bleak, when we feel like all hope is lost and you start to lose faith. I'll tell you a story about my dad. Many of you that are here know a little bit about this. Back in November, dad was scheduled for surgery because he had colon cancer. And so they were going to perform surgery to remove it. And with any surgery, there's always risk. There's always risk. But you know what? We had people here. We had people back in my home church. We had friends in Georgia and their church. We had people all over the place praying. So I kind of, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a little, a little worried. You know, Amy can attest to that. I was a little worried. But you know what? I have faith that we're covered in prayer. This is going to, this is going to work out. And so the day of surgery came, they had the procedure, didn't hear anything for a little while, didn't hear anything, started getting a little nervous, you know, because still haven't heard anything. Finally, the news comes through. He's had a surgery. The surgery was successful. They removed, removed the cancer. That part of it looks good. But, but what? Well, so during the surgery, there were some complications. Some heart failure. Okay, so we knew there was a risk going in, but, you know, okay, it'll all work out, though. We're, we're covering this in prayer. It's going to take a little bit longer to recover. No big deal. We'll be all right. But then things started to turn for the worse. And next thing you know, he's in a coma. And then he's on life support. And now I'm starting to doubt. I mean, what's going to happen? You know, a whole month where he's on life support. And as I've gotten to hear more and more of the story, I get to, got to learn more and more about how desperate of a situation this was. I knew it was bad, but when you start talking about, you know, using paddles to bring him back and stuff like that, like, wow. I remember one little miracle from it was my cousin. One of my cousins worked at that hospital. And she called me one day and said, hey, do you want to see your dad? I said, yes. And so we got on this video call with my sister, with her, and there I saw dad. And not responding, just laying there. And that was hard. That was, talk about losing faith, losing all hope. Well then, a little bit later, I get a message from my cousin again. Hey, do you want to talk to your dad? You better believe I do. And so we had a video call again. And there he was, talking, smiling, responding. And the thing is, though, when you're on life support for a month, that does something to you. Couldn't lift his hands, couldn't get sit up, couldn't walk. I mean, I was encouraged that I got a chance to actually talk to him. We're still touch and go. So let's fast forward to April. He's home. And so I decide 
I'm going to go visit. And I'm driving down the country road, up the little hill to where there's some trees, and right past the trees is where the house is, where they live and where I grew up. And as I'm passing the trees and I look, and there he is standing on the front porch, waiting for me, waiting for me. Talk about a miracle. God is going to do great things in your life. He's doing it now. He really is. Or maybe for you, you haven't taken that first step. You haven't taken that step to really commit to Jesus and ask him to be part of your life and believe in him. We're going to have an opportunity to pray in just a moment. Right now, pray if you join us in another song of worship. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning and you haven't taken that next step in making that commitment to place your faith in Jesus. As a church family, we'd like to provide an opportunity for you to make the best decision of your life. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and that he rose again, that you would be saved if you confess that with your mouth. So right now, for the benefit of those who may be saying this prayer for the first time, we're going to pray together. Would you repeat after me, church? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a savior I believe that you died and that you rose again come into my life make me a new creation the old has gone and the new has come help me follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name amen with head still bowed and eyes still closed if you just said that prayer for the first time or maybe you rededicated your life to Christ would you just slip your hand up we have a free gift we want to give you if you just said that prayer online would you just click the link in the uh, chat window right below us our team will reach out to you come on church can we celebrate with anybody who just gave their life to christ amen 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 did you have a good time in church come on give it up for pastor carl he did an amazing job hey something i wanted to share with you about pastor carl many people don't know this is that during all of those times that he was going through hard times him and his wife with just report after report it seemed like he was in church serving you would have never even known he was in church serving he was playing the guitar every single week he he was faithful and uh just man thank you so much uh it's it's just amazing to see your heart for worship and your heart for god and to serve others come on give it up for pastor carl one more time <laughs>